Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Oh, that game is so good. I, I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but that's one of the games that they play on one of the Jimmy Fallon shows. And the first time I saw that, my kids actually brought it to me and we were watching it on YouTube and they're laughing and they're hilarious. And so we started watching a ton and a ton of them. And it's actually one of their favorite things to watch. And I think it's because they love to make fun of me. And, and one of my issues is that I walk around our house and I like to sing songs, but sometimes I don't maybe have the right words of the songs as I sing them. And so I asked him, I said, can you give me an example, kids, of like one that I could share with everybody of how I do this? And he says, we can't do that because you do that with every single song that comes on the radio. And uh, it's just an amazing thing. But how many of you have like a friend, a neighbor, a coworker that walks around and sings the wrong lyrics of songs and does it really loudly? Yeah, I'm sure a few of us do. Now, does that drive you nuts? Yeah? Well, how many of you are like me? You are that person. Yeah, there's at least a few of us there. Uh, you know what's crazy is they actually created a word that describes it. It's this word mondegreen. And it's a fun word to say, so I thought we'd all share or say it together. So on the count of three, let's all say the word mondegreen. One, two, three. Mondegreen. Isn't that fun to say together? Uh, here's a definition of mondegreen. It's a misunderstood or misinterpreted word or phrase resulting from a mishearing of the lyrics of a song. I just think it's so crazy that we do this so often that we had to create a word to describe this. Now, now it's all fun and games and those words that we're mishearing are lyrics to songs, but what if the words that you're mishearing are the words of somebody you're trying to have a conversation with? Does that make them feel loved? Well, if we never met, each other. My name is Forrest and I am the campus pastor of our future Oak Creek Franklin campus and it is awesome to be here with you today and if you're wondering what that campus is going to be about, I'd love to have a conversation with you. I'll be hanging out at the Next Steps area right across the hall. But before we move on with the rest of the message, I, I just thought I'd take a moment and just help us remember something. You know, tomorrow is Memorial Day. And as important as this day is, especially for us here in Wisconsin, as it's kind of like the kickoff to summer, and it's the weekend where we go up north and we open up our cabins or we go to a lake, we spend some time, you know, having barbecues in our community. You know, this Memori Memorial Day is one of the most important holidays in the U.S. See, it's different than Veterans Day, right? Veterans Day is the day that we celebrate and we honor the people that are serving in our military. But before Memorial Day, what we're doing is we're honoring and we're remembering those that lost their lives serving both us and our country. And so what I want you to do today is at some point today, just take a moment and remember that and then spend some time with God and just thank him. Thank him that we've got people in this country that are willing to stand up and die for us. And then ask God to bless the family members that have lost, lost these people. And here's something I want to leave you with. This is a cool quote that I saw that I think really sums up this day. May we never forget that freedom isn't free. 
Well, last week we kicked off a brand new series called Five Ways to Love Your Neighbor. And we kicked off the series by asking this question, how can we partner with Jesus in helping other people follow him? You know, how can we do for others what somebody thankfully did for us? And that question, it comes from what's called the Great Commission. And the Great Commission was Jesus's last words to his followers and it's recorded in Matthew. And here's what Matthew had to say. He said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanding you. See, the greatest thing we can do for somebody else is to help them find and follow Jesus. But we need to do this in a way where we're not pushing them away from God. And so the goal of this series is to give you some really simple and practical steps that we can all take to partner with Jesus and to bring his hope to our neighbors. Well, who's our neighbors? Well, the neighbors is anybody that's near you. You know, think about your friends, your coworkers, your classmates, and definitely your ones. You know, that one person in your life that you want to find Jesus. And why is this series so important? Well, because in the society that we live in right now, we, we barely even know who our neighbors are, let alone understand how that we can love them. You know, and COVID hasn't helped out with this. You know, maybe we recognize our neighbors. You know, maybe we know their names. You know, maybe we had a, a bad run-in with them and now we've got a bad opinion of them, but we have no idea where they grew up. You have no idea like what their life experience are like. No idea like what they do to have fun. And we definitely don't understand the things that they struggle with. And we're not inviting them over to hang out with us and have a barbecue. And that's not the way God wants us to be in community. See, God wants us to be in this community where we are truly loving people. You know, where we're caring for them, where we're hanging out for them, where we want what's best for them because that's what God wants. God wants his best for them. And, as we, and when we come together as a church body like this, and we partner with God in the work that he's already doing in their lives. What we're doing is we're partnering with him and helping him change their lives. And what's even more amazing is that as we do this, our relationship with God is going to grow in a way that it doesn't in any other way. And, but how do we do this? Well, the cool thing is Jesus, he gave us a real simple way to do it. And that's shown in five practical steps that we can take every single day. And these five steps actually form the word bless. And last week we were challenged with the first letter, the B of bless, which is to begin with prayer. And this is the first step we can take in loving our neighbors. But it's also the most important because this is the step where we get God involved. And if we're not getting God involved in this process, then the rest of the steps, they don't even matter. So if you missed out on last week's message, what I want you to do is I, you need to catch up. So go to our YouTube channel. You could check out last week's message there and catch up. And throughout this series, we've actually been challenging everybody to commit to blessing our neighbors all this summer. And why this summer? Well, because it's Wisconsin. And this is the time of year where our neighbors are out and about more than they are any other time of the year. And we want to come alongside you and we want to help you with this, give you some great resources to equip you in this. So if you text BLESS to the phone number that you're going to see here on the screen a couple times a week, we're going to send you a text with some really cool resources that just help you do this. And, and here's a cool thing. Last week we announced this and we've had hundreds of people already commitment, committing to BLESS. Now, why do we want you to commit to this? Well, it's because we want this to be a movement of people loving their neighbors. And by that, our neighbor is being drawn to Jesus and ultimately Jesus changing their lives. And that's what this is about. This is about life change. So commit and be a part of this movement with us. Now today, we're going to focus on the second step of this process, which is the L in bless, which is this, simply to 
listen. Now, we don't live in a world where we really like to listen to each other well. You know, think about social media. The people on social media are so much more interested in telling you what they have to say than listening to what other people have to say. You know, there's a saying out there that the opposite uh, of speak, or the opposite of listening isn't speaking. It's actually waiting to speak. You know, and that even when we're not speaking, what we can do is we can simply wait for our turn to speak. And we're not even listening to what that other person has to say. Now think about being on the other side of that conversation. Where you're sitting there and you're talking to somebody and they're present, but they're not really present. You know, where you're speaking and you're hearing a lot of, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Or since we're from Wisconsin, right? A lot of, yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know about you, but when I'm in a conversation like this, I always wonder, why, like, why am I there? You know, why am I wasting my time and I definitely don't feel valued at all? But yet we all do this. You know, we don't listen to each other well. And what we end up doing is we actually push the other person away. See, here's how this plays out. When people feel unheard, they end up feeling unknown. And then when somebody's feeling unheard and unknown, they ultimately feel unloved. See, when we don't listen to our neighbors well, the people that that Jesus has commanded us to love, what we're doing is we're doing actually the opposite of God's command to love others. So what I want us to do is take a look at Jesus and learn from him because Jesus was the ultimate listener. Right? He modeled this in so many different amazing ways and he took time again and again and again to love people in one of the most simplest and easiest ways he listened. And Luke's account of Jesus and the blind beggar was a great example of this. Here's how Luke records this. He says, As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And we heard the crowd going by. He asked what was happening. Then they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who led the way, they rebuked him. They told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and he ordered the man to be brought to him. You know, Jesus wasn't necessarily looking for somebody to heal on that day. You know, he was on his way to Jerusalem for Passover and Jericho was one of the last stops on the way. It was a city that was just crazy busy that time of the year. You know, think the Deer District during the playoffs. And so with all of these people around and all this commotion going on, there's this one blind man calling out, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. And in all of that commotion, Jesus heard that one single voice. It reminds me of uh, when I'm at one of those bounce houses, one of those play places with, with my kids and everybody's around and all the kids are screaming, they're having fun. You know, my wife and I, we could always hear our own kids' screams over everybody else. So you can hear the voices of the people you love. And Jesus heard the blind man in the very same way. You know, people were shouting at the blind man to stop and, and he didn't because he knew like his voice was the only thing he had. So he shouted again, even when everybody was shh him. So here's what happens next. When he came near, Jesus asked him. He asked him. You know, he didn't condemn him. He didn't yell at him for interrupting. He asked him this one simple question. What do you want me to do for you? Well, Jesus, come on. I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? This guy, he's a blind guy. That seems like a silly question to ask at the time. And shockingly, the blind man answered with this. Lord, I want to see. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. See, the question Jesus asked, it tells us so much about his character. You know, it tells, him, tells us that he didn't assume 
what other people needed. And he doesn't want you and me to assume what other people needs either. He just simply asked a question and listened. Which one of your neighbors is de- desperate for you to listen to them? See, if you want to love your neighbors, I mean, you need to imitate Jesus in the way that he listened to them. You know, don't just listen to the words they speak. Really listen to them because this is how you build the connection with them and, and get to know a little bit more about who they are. This is how this plays out. See, when you truly listen to them, they'll feel known. And then when they feel known, they'll ultimately feel loved. So here's what I want to do with the rest of my time here. I know that listening doesn't come natural for a lot of us. So I just want to talk through some simple steps that we can all take. And if we begin to practice these steps and put these steps into place, my goal is that, you know, that we won't just look at this listening thing as being unnatural, but see just how easy it really can be. Now, naturally, we don't always listen carefully and we don't always hear clearly. And as much as we want to use these two words here and listen interchangeably, there's actually a huge difference between these two words. In a typical conversation, how many words per minute do you think we can hear? 150 words per minute, 300 words per minute, or 450 words per minute? Shout out your answer. Yeah, I heard somebody say 1,000 words per minute. I, I think you're the person that listens to your podcast three times speed like I do when I'm listening to Mark's messages, but that's just so I could get through them faster than possible. But uh, Columbia University, they did this study where they put people in, in an MRI scan and they're able to see how fast they could process the information they heard. And here's what they landed on. An average of 450 words per minute we can hear. Now to put that in context, in the 30 minutes that I'm going to be up here with you, I'm going to speak about 4,000 words. So that means that you should be able to hear my whole message in well under 10 minutes. Crazy, isn't it? Now, one hour from now, how much of the content that I go over do you think you're going to retain? I know some of you are going to say, Forrest, dude, like nothing. I don't remember anything you ever tell me. But if I do my job well, that same study says that you'll retain under 25% of the information that I tell you. So that's only like a thousand words. Now, why is there this big difference between how many words we can hear, you know, around 450 words per minute, and how much information we could retain, which is only around 100 words per minute? Well, that's the huge gap between how well we hear and how well we listen. Here's the difference between hearing and listening. Kelly Workman, who's a psychologist there at Columbia University, where they did that study, says this. Hearing is the passive intake of sound while listening is the act of intentionally working to comprehend the sounds you hear. See, hearing is what we do naturally. It's passive, it's involuntary, it doesn't, doesn't take any effort at all. Hearing is what we talk about in that saying, in one ear and out the other. You know, hearing is where as dudes, we get in trouble with our significant others, right? It's when our significant other says, hey, did you do the dishes? And we hear, oh, go fishing? Yeah, I'm going fishing, you know, and we leave. And dudes, here's what I want you to do the next time your significant other tells you, hey, are you listening to me? Be honest with them. Say no. But Pastor Forrest says, at least I'm hearing you. (laughs) Yeah, that takes a while. But see, when we're simply hearing someone, what we're doing is we're showing them that they're not worth any effort because we're not putting any effort to it because hearing doesn't take effort. But listening is different. Listening takes effort. It is the intentional process that involves making sense of the words that we hear. For example, if if you're listening to somebody tell you about the bad day that they had at work, and if you're 100% focused on them, then as they're speaking, 
you're going to understand a little bit more about what that experience was like for them. You know, the impact that it had on them. And in turn, you're showing them that you value them because you're taking your valuable time and you're putting the effort into listening to them. See, in order to love your neighbors, you need to be intentional about listening to them and listening to them to understand. Right, because this is how we build connection with them. This is how we build relationships with them. But like I said, this isn't something that we do naturally or we do well. So how do we learn to do this well? Well, it takes practice. So what I want to do today is I want to give you three steps that we see Jesus modeling for us that when we put these things into practice, they'll help us become a better listener. And here's the first step. I want you to let go of any judgments and assumptions that you have. How many of you, when you walk into a conversation or a meeting, you've already got an assumption of how that conversation is going to go? Yeah, I think a lot of us do. And, and to be honest, for me, this is something I really struggle with. You know, whenever I get a message from a friend or a coworker and it says, dude, I, I want to have a conversation with you, I get worried right away. And then I start playing out that conversation in my head right away and I start playing out all of these different scenarios. And then by the time I get to the conversation, I'm so wrapped up with what's going on in my own head that I'm completely missing out on what the other person is trying to tell me. In Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of the habits he talks about is this. Seek first to understand before seeking to be understood. That reminds me of one of King Solomon's Proverbs where he says this, it's stupid and embarrassing to give an answer before you live. Or before, <laughs> give an answer before you listen. Now, when you judge and assume things, what you're really saying is that you've already got an answer before you've even heard what the other person is thinking or what the other person is asking. It makes it about you, not about them. And that essentially closes the door on any new information you're getting. And it's really hard to pay attention and listen when you do that. Now, Jesus, he let go of assumptions, right? When he saw that with the blind beggar, he didn't assume that the blind beggar wanted to get healed. He asked him the question. And when we let go of assumptions, what it does, it helps us become more curious. It helps us focus on the other person to begin to understand them more and ultimately help them feel loved and known. Here's the second step. Put away your distractions. Here's a simple definition of a distraction. It's something that turns your attention away from something you want to focus on. See, distractions will take your focus away from your neighbor, the person that you're trying to get to know. So if you want to get to know them better, your focus needs to be 100% on them and you need to put away any distractions that stop that. You know, we saw Jesus do that with the blind beggar. He didn't yell at him across, you know, the, the road or across wherever, how far away he was. He actually had somebody go out and grab the blind man, bring it to him so that he'd sit there and be 100% focused on him. And so we need to do the same thing. We need to put away anything that distracts us from it. And I know like right now we, we live in a world that's full of distractions all the time, but it's the simple little steps that we take, like turning our phone over so we don't, you know, see the alerts for the messages coming in or folding up our computer, or turning away from the TV screen. These will allow us to become more attentive and more focused on the other person and help them feel valued because it shows our neighbor that they are more important at that moment than anything else that's going on in your world. And sometimes the distractions we're going to face, they're not just physical, but they might be mental. 
So we have to do whatever it takes to prepare us well to go into those conversations ready. You know, maybe we've got to strip away like all of the, you know, things that are going on in our mind from that day at that moment or even like silo that stuff. Or, or for some of us, we've actually got to take the medication that we need to make sure that we can focus on that conversation. We have to do whatever it takes to make sure that our full focus is on our neighbor. Third step, we need to ask good questions. You know, I grew up in and spent 20 years working in the restaurant business. And it's in this business where I learned the value of asking the right questions. My tip, you know, my money, my income depended on it. For example, if you went to a restaurant and you got a burger that came with blue cheese on it, but yet you wanted a burger that had cheddar cheese on it, why do you think you got that? Well, it's probably because the waiter didn't ask you the right question. You know, the waiter didn't ask you what cheese you wanted on your burger and assumed you wanted blue cheese on your burger. Now, why anybody would ever assume somebody wants blue cheese on your burger is crazy to think about, but yet you're still sitting there with blue cheese on your burger and you're probably not going to tip him well. See, Jesus was awesome at asking good questions. As we look at his life through scriptures, we see that he asked 307 questions, but he only answered three of them. Most of the time, he just listened. So obviously, one of the ways that he loves people is by asking good questions and listening. So what are good questions to ask? Well, they're the questions that help us get to know our neighbor better and give them plenty of room to speak. You know, with four areas of their lives, there's four areas of their lives that we want to get to know, and we call those four areas of the lives the four H's. And the first area of their life that we want to get to know is we want to get to know their history. We want to get to know, like, where they grew up and what their life experiences were like. So some good questions to ask them would be like, hey, tell me your story. Or man, tell me a little bit about the city you grew up in. All right, the second area that we want to get to know them is the area of the heart. We want to get to know the things that they care about, the things that make them tick. So a great question to ask them is, you know, what's your favorite sports team? What's your favorite restaurant? What's your favorite vacation destination? Third area that we want to get to know is their habits. You know, what our neighbors are into, the things that they enjoy doing. So some great questions for that is, you know, what do you do in your free time? You know, how do you have fun? Now, these first three areas, they help us gain a connection with our neighbors, help us, you know, find some common grounds with them. But this last area that we're going to talk about, the fourth area, helps us understand how we can serve our neighbor. And that's understanding their hurts. See, this helps us understand the things that they're questioning, the things that they're struggling with, the pains they might be having. And these are not the questions you begin with, right? You don't drop these in your first, you know, two minutes of a conversation with them. These are the questions that you ask after you get to know them a little while. And they're questions like, you know, how are you doing with, and you can name any of the situations, you know, how are you doing with being a first-time dad? You know, how are you doing being a husband? You know, how are you doing with being a college student? Or another question would be, you know, how do you feel, how did you feel when blank happened? You know, how did you feel when your dad died? How did you feel when your kid got arrested? And when you do this, what I want you to do is I want you to listen to how they respond. Don't talk, simply listen. You know, I'm an extreme extrovert. And I love to talk to people. But the problem that I have is I like to talk. 
I haven't always been the greatest listener. And it wasn't until a customer in one of the restaurants that I work at pointed this out to me that I really even knew this about myself. You know, one day he, he brought me over to him and says, hey, Forrest, man, you're a good dude. And I know that you love coming over and talking to me, but I don't feel like you care about what I have to say. I don't think you pay attention to me. And, and I want you to know this because I see you doing this with other people as well. And when I heard that, like it shocked me. But I was also embarrassed. See, by having, talking too much in those conversations, I made those conversations about me, not the customer I was trying to get to know. And I was probably pushing some of them away. Now, after that moment, I completely changed the way that I was having conversations. I, I stopped talking so much. I, I listened more. I asked good questions. You know what? It helped me, you know, get to know these, the people in my lives at a whole nother level because now I understand a lot more about who they are, you know, where they grew up, their hobbies, the, the things they're struggling with, and it's helped me grow closer to my neighbors. You know, here's how this principle of, of listen has played out in, in my life recently. In just a few weeks ago, my wife and I we were having a conversation about my kids' lacrosse team. Uh, my middle son, Amico, he plays on a lacrosse team. There's like 30 kids on this team. And we don't really know any of the families that, that, that my son plays with. And we said, we gotta change this. Like, we gotta get to know these family members, understand who our kids are hanging out with. And so what we said was, we'll throw a party. You know, let's invite all the kids over. But more importantly, let's invite the parents over. Let's invite the siblings over so that we can get to know them. And, you know, this is honestly something that's really easy for us. Throwing a party, it's something we love to do. But you know what's not easy for us? What doesn't come naturally? It's having conversations with 30 people we don't know. But yeah, we said, this is about building relationships. So we said, okay, we have to do this. So we walked around the party, we asked good questions, we had conversations with people, and you know, it was painful at first, but then something really cool happened. I started talking to this one dad, asked him some good questions, listened to him, and I found out that he grew up in the same neighborhood I did. We we're both Kazi kids from the south side in Milwaukee. And now, when we walk by each other at games or at practices, instead of just giving the little, I think I know you are, kind of nod, what we do is we give ourselves a fist pump out. South side, that's what we do. Now this guy, he's not my best friend yet, but he's not a stranger anymore. See, three simple little steps. Letting go of judgments and assumptions, putting away distractions, asking good questions. These steps will not only help you become a better listener, but they'll ultimately help you become a better friend to your neighbor. You know, the, the more I look at Jesus' life and the ways that he modeled loving his neighbors after us, it was, you know, the ordinary and the everyday practices that he did that stood out to me. It was the moments where he would pause. You know, he'd pull up a chair, he'd sit down across from somebody, look him in the eyes, and just listen. Yeah, Jesus did amazing things, right? He healed people, he fed thousands, he even raised the dude from the dead, but I don't want you to miss out on this point. Living a life following Jesus' way of loving others is not a journey of the extraordinary. No, it's a journey that plays out in the simple, everyday moments of life. Because it's in those moments that we're going to have the greatest opportunities to love someone. So I've got this question for you. Do you love your neighbors the same way Jesus does? Does your heart break for your neighbors? 
Because if it does, what I want you to do, I always want you to partner with God in only what he can do. And I don't want you to underestimate the, the power of beginning with prayer and listening because these are some of the simplest ways that we can show love people. And I tell you, the next steps that we're gonna go over the next three weeks, I promise you this, they will not be as effective unless you begin with prayer and you listen. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, oh man, just thank you so much for the way that your son modeled this for us. You know, the way that he lived his life, loving the people around him in such simple and easy ways that we could even understand how to do that. So God, I pray that as we leave here today on this Memorial Weekend, that we take these principles and do them. You know, that we meet people, that we listen to them, that we get to know them, and we build relationships with the people that you love. And as we do this, God, I pray that our hearts grow closer to your hearts for them, that, your heart, that you love these people so much that we'll understand that, and then our hearts will break for them as well. So God, we thank you for the opportunity that we've got in this world where there's just so many people that we can get to know, so many people that you love, that we can help love as well. So God, help us leave here and help us listen to our neighbor. And we begin with prayer as we pray to you and it's in your son Jesus' name we can do that. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Church's podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.